Lord, I, I can't thank you enough today. It's so good to be here. And so I thank you for carrying us. And, and, and Lord, I thank you that we, we continued to encourage one another in this season. Lord, encourage one another in, in, in song and in prayer and your word. And, and Lord, it's been so many. You have no idea what a great encouragement they've been to me. Lord, I feel like uh, that, that example in the Old Testament where it said Moses was getting tired, you know, and they're fighting the Amalekites, and, and they came on each side of him holding up his arms. I had a lot of people holding up my arms. Lord, I thank you so much for your grace and uh, for this church, for these our leaders, our elders, our deacons, our staff, our volunteers, so many people bonding together. And, and Lord, I thank you that we never stop ministering. Matter of fact, Lord, you've given us more ministry opportunities than I thought we could handle in certain times, but we continue to minister. And, and Lord, I pray that that would always be the, the case with this church. So, Lord, as we worship you this morning in song and we worship you in, in our giving, Lord, now we worship you through your word. And Lord, we ask that you speak to us. And we ask that you not only, uh, Lord, that we not only be hearers of the word, but we be doers of the word. We ask that you would change us. Lord, change us from the inside out. Uh, we need your help. We pray, pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, every week I get up here, I keep telling you guys that we're going to go back to the book of Philippians. And, uh, and I really did plan on going back. And, uh, and I, have a, I have a pastor's group that I meet with every Wednesday morning. And I was in my pastor's group. And everything planned out what I was going to do. And one of those pastors had a word. And when he had that word, I'm like, oh! Called up Doug. Said Doug, I got another word, brother. Philippians will be so he, Elder Doug, will preach Philippians next week. But we're going to continue with, uh, as Elder Doug mentioned, with our focus on obedience. Last week, you know that we focused and we talked about King Saul, First Samuel chapter 15, and the, the title of that message was "Selective Obedience Is Disobedience." Selective obedience is disobedience. You remember King Saul, he did many of the things that he was asked to do, but he didn't do it all. And he lost his kingship because of that. Because he, he decided what he wanted to do and other things he didn't do. And he gave in to fear of his men and decided to, to not follow through. And so we're going to be in the Old Testament again. We're going to be in another book, 2 Kings chapter 5. So if you could turn to 2 Kings chapter 5, we're going to first in the, focus on the first 19 verses of that book. And the title of this message today is, There is no healing without obedience. I'll say that again. There is no healing without obedience. And we're going to be talking about uh, the person of Naaman this, this morning. And so as we start this passage, uh, Naaman uh, was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. And he was a great man, it says, in the sight of his master, and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now, we don't talk much about leprosy today, but leprosy is still around in certain parts of the world. But leprosy was much like AIDS in our culture today. It's one of the most feared diseases of that time. Uh, you had discolored skin, painful ulcers uh, on the soles of your feet. Uh, it, in many cases, it was incurable, and it would sometimes lead to death. And so. Uh, it wasn't a good thing. It wasn't a good thing. And, and, and we see Nahum, this commander, um, he, had, he had leprosy. And in verse 2 it says, Now the bands of raiders for Aram 
had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Nahum's wife. And she said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. You know, although Israel had, I want you to know what's going on between Israel and Samaria, although Israel had concluded a peace treaty with the Arameans, their neighbor to the northeast, there were still minor uh, border skirmishes from time to time, and Israelite captives would often be taken back to Syria after their raids. And such was the case with this young girl, the servant girl. Now what's interesting, looking at the situation, Nahum's only hope of being cured came actually from Israel. We're going to see that as we get in this passage. And I don't know this little girl's name. It doesn't really tell us who she, she, uh, who she was, but it says um, her faith. You see the faith that she had. I mean, God put her there for a purpose, right? Even in the midst of, of her captivity, and she was faithful. She was faithful to, to speak a word about who her God was and the power of her God. And, and, and so my question for you, and it's all for all of us in this season, where has God put you during this season of unrest? And have you been faithful and obedient to God in this season? Because in this season, it's easy for us to isolate. It's easy for us to hide. But I want you to know God is still calling you and calling me to be faithful to him in this season, to reach out to whoever he puts in our path. It might be our neighbors. You know, and a lot of people in great fear. They have no idea what to do. I was, I was sharing with... Uh, uh, someone earlier about what's going on in my neighborhood right now. If you look in my neighborhood right now, there's a bunch of for sale signs. People are moving out of the city. I had a neighbor that lived next to me for the last 20 years. I remember them wanting to talk to me on a Sunday. I was walking with my daughter. Um, you know, we we're getting out of the heat and all that stuff, and I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I really regret that. Because a week later, there's a for sale sign in his yard. And two weeks later, it was under contract. And two weeks later, all their belongings were gone. And I mean, I never got to say goodbye. Never got to talk to them about it. I mean, they literally, when they put it up for sale, they, they were gone. They weren't, they weren't in their house. And somebody else, I mean, they hired people to pack it up. I mean, when it, movers came, everything was packed up. I kept looking in there, hoping to see them. And so I'm just saying, be faithful to what God calls you to and the opportunities he gives you, even in the midst of this season. I want to challenge you with that. And that's what we see with this little girl. She was faithful to speak, uh, even to her captives, and say, you know what? My master needs to see this prophet who's in Samaria. He can heal him. We see in verse 4, it says, Nahum went to his master, and he told him what the girl from Israel had said. And the king said, by all means, go. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Nahum left, and taking with him ten talents of silver... 6,000 shekels of gold and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter I'm sending my servant Nahum to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. Now, I want to know if you guys get the picture here. Did you see all the bling? You see all the cash that's being shown there? I mean, did you notice all the money? It, it talks about 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, 10 sets of clothing. I want you to know what's going on there. The king of Aram obviously thought that God's spiritual gift of healing could be bought with a large worldly gift. That's where he's thinking. He's like, I'm going to give the king some money and the king will make sure that he gets healed. But that's not the way it works, guys, right? That's not the way it works. 
As soon, and so in verse 7 it says, as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, what did he do? He tore his clothes, robes, and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? I mean, he was upset. He, he knew he didn't know what to do. He knew, I don't have a solution to this problem. And it's what's, what's really interesting is that the young girl that's being held captive was more aware of God's saving presence with his people, with his servant Elisha, than the Israelite king. The king doesn't know, and yet this little servant girl knows about this prophet. Now, the king knew himself. He had no power to change anything, but, but God's prophet did. Amen? God's prophet did. Hey, now when I say amen, I get an amen back. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. Amen, everybody. Amen. I've been waiting for that. So here's the deal. In verse 8, it says, When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent, a sent him this message. He said, Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. Elisha has a sense of humor. Had a relationship with this king. And, and the, king, he, he, the king does not know who, the power that Elijah has as a man of God. And in some ways, he's kind of poking fun of him. He said, why, why are you tearing your robes? Send them to me. Send them to me. So Nahum went, it says, so Nahum went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him to say, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. Let me take a little sip here. I want you to see the picture of what's going on here. Nahum shows up with his horses and chariots. He's all that, okay? He's showing up big time, stops at the door of his house. I mean, Nahum was a proud man, and, and he was a commander of the army, and he expected to be treated with respect. And look what happens. Elijah sent a messenger to him. He didn't even come out. He goes, wash yourself, and the messenger said, go wash yourself in the Jordan, seven times, and your flesh will be restored. He could not believe Elijah would treat him like an ordinary person. But that's what he did. He just treated him like a regular person. He expected royal treatment. That's what he was looking for. So look at what Nahum did. He said he went away angry. He said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Parpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned off and he went off in a rage. Now I'm going to talk to us for a minute. Sometimes we put our expectations on God, don't we? Sometimes we do. It's one thing for us to ask God for an answer to prayer. But it's another to dictate what that answer should look like. And we do that sometimes. That's how we are. We want, it, we want it done our way, right? And, and that's what Nahum was doing. He, he not only wanted his prayer answered, he says this is what it should look like. He wanted it answered his way. Now I want you to know something about the Jordan River. Uh, a number of us here have been to the Jordan River. Raise your hand if you've been to the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River, it's not the prettiest river in the world, okay? It's a muddy river. It's a muddy river. And, and uh, you know, you know, what, what, what Nahum's saying is, I don't want to be washing no dirty water. I want to be washing one of these clean rivers. 
you know? And, uh, but, you know, that's, that's not the direction he was given. And so Nahum gets a break here in this next part of the passage there. It says, Nahum's servants, in verse 13, Nahum's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? How much more than when he tells you, washed and be cleansed? And so Nahum went down, he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and he became clean like that of a young boy. Praise the Lord, everybody. Number seven was a number of, represented a number of completeness. And as I said, notice the Jordan River was a muddy river. It's considered dirty by some. And so it wasn't about the river. It wasn't even about the prophet. The healing showed the power of God, right? It's about the power of God. And, and what a humbling experience it was for Nahum, right? As I said, he was a problem. God had to humble him. As, 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 as Brother Bobby just said, it was about obedience. You can't have it your way. When God says to do it a certain way, you need to do it his way. And Nahum's servants reasoned with him, and they convinced him to be obedient. Do what the prophet said to do. And, and so... Here's the lesson for you and I. And it's really a lesson, as I'll talk later, for, for our country. There is no healing without obedience. Obedience and healing, they go hand in hand. And as Nahum obeyed God's word, he received the gift of God's grace. Praise the Lord, somebody. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. That was a miracle that he experienced. And I want you to note, notice what Nahum's response is after that miracle. In verse 15, it says, Nahum, Then Nahum and all his attendants went back to the man of God. And he stood before him and he said, Now I know there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Did you get that? No God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept this gift from your servant. And the prophets answered, Surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept the thing. And even though Nahum urged him, he refused. In other words, I'm not receiving payment from this, okay? This is, don't write the check to the prophet. This is God. This is God at work here. So you're not accepting that. And, and, and so Nahum, I want you to see what he does there. He recognizes the one true God. And, and his, what was going on with him, he received the God, gift of God's grace. And he is actually a symbol to Israel at that time, because Israel was being disobedient. Israel was worshiping both Baal and God at the same time, Yahweh and Baal. And God's blessing is what? Found in worshiping him and him alone. And so he was actually a witness to Israel, was being not, not faithful. And so even as I see, see this, you know, we see that God's blessing is found only in the path of faith and God's promises and in faithful obedience to Him. I think about what uh, Philip mentioned earlier. You know, God, and you heard this in an earlier message, He removed all the idols. I, I was amazed what God did. I, I mean, I, I'm a sports enthusiast. Sports was gone, you know. Guys on talk radio, they didn't know what to talk about. They said, we don't know. If and when it's coming back. And it's coming back right now, but we don't know if it's going to last. But God said, you know what? Those are your idols. What's another idol? Money. Ooh, man. I don't know if you looked at the 401k, 403b. <laughs> Ooh, that was rough, you know? 
I mean, everybody learned people are out of work. People are, I mean, we've got people that literally, we bring food here. People are distributing food to people throughout different neighborhoods. They, they don't know what they're going to do. We had things that we worshipped. And, and those things in themselves, there was nothing wrong with money, nothing wrong with your belongings, but God said what? The love of money is the root of all evil. And then we saw the issue of pride. We have an issue of pride in our nation, don't we? And we thought we could fix this thing. We even talked about it. I remember hearing one of our leaders says, we will heal our land. No, that's not in the word of God. It says he will heal our land. So we got to cry out to him. So we, we've learned. I mean, so God there, we see that, that idea of removing the idol. So we need to worship him and him alone. So I want to close up and, and we'll get to the end of this. But it says, Nahum says in verse 17, if you will not accept the gift, then please let your servant be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When his master enters the temple of Ramon to, to bow down and he's leaning on my arm and I have to bow down there also when I bow down in the temple, Ramon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. And, and Elisha said, go in peace. Brothers and sisters, as I, I prepare to close, there, there's, there's no, if you don't get anything else, there's no healing without obedience. And obedience and healing go hand in hand. So you and I, the challenge for us is we need to, in this season, we need to be obedient to the word of the Lord, right? We need to be obedient to the word of the Lord. And a lot of times, we are not experience, experiencing God's healing because we're not being obedient to the word of God. So we're praying for healing, but we're not doing what we need to do, which is to be obedient first. That comes first. And, and I, it's example. I've used this before. But uh, and we, we've been talking about automatic doors in the midst of the season, so people don't have to touch the doors. But you know how automatic doors work, right? What does it take for an automatic door to open? What do you need to do? You have to walk towards the door. You have to walk towards the door. And if you look at other passages, and I'm going to give you a couple passages to look at later, God asks us to take that step of obedience, and then he opens the door. Many of us are waiting for him to open the door. He's saying, no, you've got to take that step of faith. And when you take that step of faith, then the door opens. And that's how it works. And so we've got to be obedient and be willing to take that step of faith. Even today, what we're doing today is a step of faith, isn't it? I mean, the fact that we're meeting today, it's a step of faith. And, you know, we, we went through, we did everything right. And I, and I know, and I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect anyone, but I know some of us are not there yet. But, you know, everybody, we said together, we're ready to do this, right? But there's still fear and trepidation. Let's be honest. There's still fear and trepidation and stuff. But we said, we're going to take this step there. We're going to do all the steps, trust the Lord, and we leave it in his hands. We go from there. So we have to do that. And so we have to be obedient and then take a step of faith and God will open the door. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures to look up later where you will see that. And I challenge you to look at it. So look up later for you. And this is another story of leprosy. It's actually in the New Testament. Luke 17, write this down. Luke 17, verse 14. And it talks about, uh, I think it was like the nine lepers that were healed of leprosy. Um, and Jesus healed them. And look at that and look at the step that the, uh, Jesus called them to make. And then I want to also challenge you to look later. And this reminded me again of Israel because we went to this place. It's in John chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. And it talks about that pool of Bethsaida. 
Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll know what that's about when you read it there. And so just encourage you to look at, reflect on that, and let me know what you find. You know, but you, you're going to see that steps of faith that, that they were called to take and then what happened after that. So I want to just talk about where we are at as a country, what's, what's what I've been praying for, and what we need to continue to pray for. Guys, you know if you watch the news, we're still dealing with COVID-19. But you also know that countries that have been obedient to the authorities over them have overcome the virus. So this virus can be overcome, and we've seen it. And we've seen it over in Spain, some other places that really struggled, but they, when they clamped down, they did what they needed to do, um, they were able to overcome the virus. So it, it's something that we are able to do. And yet, right now, we see COVID-19 spiking all over our country in many places. And so why? And it's really because we're being disobedient. People are being disobedient. Our people are rebelling against the guidelines. And, and, and they're not practicing the three W's. I don't know if you guys know what the three W's are, but you're going to learn them. They're very easy. It's like the three W's are watch your, watch your distance, wear a mask, and wash your hands. Now, guys, that's something you could tell a kid, right? Watch your distance, wash your hands, and wear a mask. And a lot of kids like wearing masks, so it's easy for the kids. But our people don't want to wear masks. I remember talking to Betty. Betty talked to me the other week. We, did we talk, Betty? And she said, why are people rebelling? Why won't they wear the mask? I said, well, I'm going to preach about it on Sunday, Betty. You just tune in, you know, because I mean, that's it. And so, but it, it is really tragic because it's simple, but we won't do it. We have trained scientists telling us what we need to do, and, and, and yet we refuse to do it. And that, and that God calls that rebellion. He calls that disobedience. And, that, and it's really what's inside of us, that, 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 that issue of the heart where we want to rebel, we want it our way. Think about it for a minute. Who goes to the doctor and the doctor tells you what you need to do and you refuse to do it? That's foolishness. That is foolishness. And so we need to pray for our country. So I'm praying for our country to repent, to be obedient so we can move on. Because God wants us to move on. There are other things he asks for us. We're not supposed to stay here. And then I want to come to Philippians 2 as a reminder for us. Philippians 2, we just went through it, and that talks about none other than Jesus' obedience. Our salvation is tied to Jesus. This is obedience, amen? You remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? He was wrestling with God, and he was saying, he was wrestling, is there another way? And yet every time he came back to the Lord, he said, I mean, he could have he done anything, he could have called on a legion of angels, right? rescue him at that time but he didn't do that Jesus said not my will but your will be done he did that three times he was obedient unto death unto death on a cross and he did that for you and he did that for me he did this for did that for our world so I want you to know whatever you're going through your healing is tied to your faith and your obedience in God and remember what we learned last week obedience is better than sacrifice so I just want us to stop there and we're going to pray for those that are listening to this message, um, I'm going to show you just how you can put your trust in the Lord. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the obedience of your Son. We thank you for Jesus being obedient, going to the cross for our sins, that we might have a way back to you. Thank you, Lord, that you made a way where there was no way, that you died a death and paid a price that we could not pray. 
We thank you for that grace that you willingly, obediently went to the cross for us so that we might have a relationship with you. I pray for anyone listening to this message today that does not know you, Lord, that they might surrender their life to you today. They might simply admit and say to you what you already know, we, that I'm a sinner. That I sin, we sin in the things that we do and the things that we don't do that we ought to do. Lord, that they might come to you and ask for forgiveness of their sins because we can't fix it ourselves. Lord, simply invite you in, recognize you as their Lord and Savior, invite you in as their Savior and as their Lord and ask you to lead their life. Lord, for those of us that are here that are your followers, that already do know you, Lord, help us to be obedient to you in this season. Lord, that we wouldn't take the easy way out, that we wouldn't just isolate and hide ourselves, but Lord, that we would continue to pray for the opportunities that you give us in the midst of this and pray for those divine appointments that we would be salt and light to the world around us because the world is desperately searching for you right now. And so, Lord, use us. Use your people, Lord, as as, as salt and light to lead others to the saving faith in you. Lord, we pray. Give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that there is no healing without obedience. And we want so much to see healing for our nation. So Lord, help our nation to repent, to come back to you and ask for your healing. Have your way. Pray for you. Glorify yourself in all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Philip's going to lead us in our closing song. You know, a lot of this the rebellion that you talk about, I think, comes from our our nature as humans, as sinners to rebel against God and I think if we learn to surrender to Jesus then maybe we'll have a better time with everything else you know I think if we can just give our lives and give
Amen. Amen. I'm going to close this up in a minute here. Um, I, I remember the biggest challenge for me coming to Christ was that word surrender. Because I was, I was a prideful man. I was the guy that was in the self-help section of the book bookstore. I bought all the self-help books. And I was still messed up. <laughs> I finally surrendered. And I, I thought surrender was failure. Surrender was freedom. So when I surrendered to the Lord, he just took it off my back. So you, you've been carrying stuff you don't need to carry. So I pray that, that we would surrender to him and that those that hear this message would surrender to him. So God is the one who carries us. Amen. And never leave us for the purpose of And I close this with a word of prayer and then um, the ushers will be directing you starting from this side to the right and then on out. So let me close this in a word of, quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for that that word, this, this service today, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. And Lord, we do surrender to you, and we surrender to your direction for our lives. So Lord, continue to lead and guide Uptown Baptist Church. Continue to lead our family. Continue to pray for your protection for us. And, and continue to pray that you would use us. Use us for your glory. We pray that you go with us now, and we pray for your leadership, your guidance, Lord, your Holy Spirit, during the week. Uh, continue to change us and make us more like you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.